tuning in. Uh, we're going to go ahead and just go straight on to the episode on today. Today, today we're going to talk about staying focused and never giving up. We're going to talk about that and much more in the episode called The Power of Consistency. Ain't that what we were just doing a few minutes ago? We're not giving up. Being consistent. Consistency. The power of consistency. The importance of keep it going no matter what. And how fitting is this occasion. So that's what we're going to talk about on today. The power of consistency. Now, what exactly is consistency? Well, let's first start off talking about, uh-oh. I'll make sure that. Okay. All right. I want to make sure. Make sure the notifications are off. Okay. All right. What is consistency? We're going to first talk about what consistency is not. Consistency does not mean that you're selling for less or sticking with something that is not working. Nor is consistency uh, not changing with the times. So what does it mean to be consistent? Consistency means doing something that works. Doing something that works. There are many people that are doing things, but it ain't working out. That's what you would call insane. What we would known as, what we would know as a, a insane. Doing the same thing, but expecting different results, and especially when you know it ain't working. So the key thing about consistency is knowing that the end result is that it will work. Now, consistency. Is also about being regular and steady, being focused. You have to put in consistent work. You have to be consistent in working in order to see proper results. So that is true in everything pertaining to life. In other words, you got to get on the grind and stay on the grind. And sometimes that consistency may cause an immediate result, but oftentimes consistency will produce long-term growth or results. See, one of the things I often think about, if you think about consistency, most people, they mostly want to get on a diet. And one of the things that, uh, that frustrates a person is after they work out a little bit, they don't see immediate results. And most of the time, let's just say for those who may want to lose weight, they may want to lose their stomach. And they work out, they exercise, and they still don't see any change with their stomach. And this is something I found out about weight loss. And this also going with consistency. I found out when you exercise and you sticking with the exercise, not only in physical exercise, but also that means in changing your diet. <clears throat> what happens, oftentimes when a person continues to work out, the first place that they see results is not the loss in their stomach, nor on their hips. Where is it? It's in the face. <laughs> I found that out. It's in your face. Most of us, we want to see the results in all our body. But when it comes down to weight loss, the first place that it goes to is your face. And through time and consistent working it out, consistently working out, as you lose the weight on your face, eventually it will get to your stomach or your hips or the other parts of your body. So the first place that you gain weight is your face. The first place that you lose weight is your face. But we have to be consistent in order for us to see the results were on our body. And when I found that, I was like, wow. 
And I ain't gonna lie to you. That made me look at some of my other pictures. I'm like, whoa, this brother needs to work out a little bit more. <laughs> so it's something to think about. So if you look at it, like I mentioned about exercise, when we lose weight on our face, it should give us the motivation that as we continue to work out, then the results going to be from our face on down. So if we just stay focused on the first area that we lose weight, knowing that if it'll affect our face, it will affect the rest of our body if we stay consistent and don't give up. But most of the time, what do we do? Sometimes because we don't see, oh, sometimes our focus is in the wrong area and we get discouraged and then we give up. Because there's no immediate change. You never expect for you to plant a seed, water it, and get frustrated because there's no immediate change or results. You know, what I found that as a as a gardener, they have to have patience. But also, not only in having patience in the results, but also they have to have faith in their ability and faith in what they have put in. As long as you know that the seed that you plant in and that you not only water the seed, but you make sure that the grounds are fertile that the nutrients is in the ground. In other words, you have did your preparation before you plant the seed. And if you put that seed in an already preconditioned ground, then all you have to do, if you did all of that, the most important thing you have to do is be patient. <laughs> be patient. And oftentimes what happens, oftentimes we become impatient and we get, we don't realize how close we are to the results of what we're looking for. But that's where the devil gets us at. The devil will get us and make us become impatient to walk off from the place that God told us to be at. Because if we're doing the work, the results going to come to us. We went to the place to plant the seed. We went to the place to make sure that the grounds were prepared before the seed. And if you think about it, if you prepare the ground, if you planted the seed, and you continue to water it, eventually you can have the results where the trees become so huge that it overshadows and come to you. But what we have to do, we have to be consistent. We have to be consistent and trust our God-given ability in what we put in, the work that we put in, the labor of love that we put in. So that is so important. Like I said, <clears throat> consistency, being steady, continuous. You have to put in the work in order for you to see the results that you are desiring. And that is true in every area of our lives. We have to be consistent. If you think about a lady that's into labor, when it's time, when that baby drop, when that baby dilate, what's going to happen? The doctor going to tell that lady to push, to push. She has to keep on pushing. Of course, she may be tired. I ain't going to say she may be. She is tired. It's taking everything out of her. But if she continued to push and that baby come out as tired as she as, as tired as she was, as many kicks as she received when the baby was in her womb, when that baby come out, it's like that mother forget about everything that she went through. And she now enjoys what she gave birth to. Well, what about us? Don't you know that we are impregnated? God has impregnated us with the seeds and the promises of him. But what we have to do, we have to keep on pushing. We have to continue to push. Sometimes we have to push ourselves by ourselves. But 
if God be for us, who could be against us? The Bible tells us that he has given us everything pertaining to life of God, but also there's a scripture that's into mind. Oh, greater is he, thank the Lord, greater is he that's in he, that's he that's in the world. Also, what's that? Um, that 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 one is that is the great scripture, but the other scripture, um, now to him, thank the Lord, that's it. Now to him, they can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's the scripture I was thinking about. See, God has given us some abilities. God has given us the power and authority. But we got to push. There are some things that will come instantaneously. But don't it seem like those things, that something that comes so easily. There are some things that is almost like effortless. But then there are other things. It seems like it's a little weight. It's a little struggle. But something worth waiting for is something worth fighting for. Something worth working for. In other words, we got we to gotta not be scared in putting in the work. God has given us the authority and the permission to do it. God has given us the ability. And sometimes because of that work, because of that consistency, it actually exposes what's really in us. We can actually see the word of God coming off the pages and being applied to our lives. We can see the word of God working for us, but we got to be consistent. You know, one thing about it, like I said, there are some things that people do and it's like they beat themselves up and they're, they're wasting their time. There are some things that we can do and we know, you know what? It's a lost cause. But well, that's why it's so important for us to be before the Lord. The Bible tells us the man to always pray and not faint. Simply means not to lose heart, not to give up. But if we ask God, God, is this my assignment? I'm telling you, God will tell you, God will instruct you what he wants you to do and to let you know this is something that I have authorized you to do. But then also, he will let you know, oh, no, no, this is not your assignment. No, 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 no. This is something, this, this is not your assignment. This is a distraction. And so we're not talking about those distractions. Even though that they do exist, we, we, we want to make sure that we acknowledge because it's so important for us to pray, to make sure that we consult God, to make sure that this is something that he wants us to get into, this is something that he wants us to do, regardless if it's a project or relationship or whatever. God wants us to consult him and wait for his response. God wants us to consult him about everything. Talk to him. And nothing is less important to God pertaining to Y-O-U. Everything pertaining to you is important. I tell people, and some people may think, oh man, you're going to the extreme. Man, you're crazy. But I tell, look, and this is me. This is my relationship with God. I talk to God and I tell him, God, what do I, what do you want me to wear? What do you want me to wear? I don't care if it's going to church. I don't care if it's going to the store. God, what do you want me to wear? Some people may think that's an extreme, but that's you. But I know me because I like talking to my Heavenly Father. I want to talk to him. And who knows? He may have something for me to wear specific for me to be able to go out somewhere and for someone that's expecting me to be wearing what God has authorized or told me to wear. And I might be the bulls out that they may be looking for to bless me or for me to bless them. Hmm. So, you know, <laughs> look, if we can tell God about those hard, serious things in our life, how about we talk to him about things that, you know, just, just common things. He made it. He made us. 
you know, if you really think about it, like I said, you know, and, and I'll put it like this. It helps me to, to hear God even more. And if God knows that I can trust him with just a regular conversation pertaining to my wardrobe, imagine him not being surprised when I talk to him about some real hard issues I'm facing. About on everything. In other words, we never get on God's nerves. <laughs> you know, it's an old saying, but God is not like man. Now, somebody might get on my nerves if I ask them, hey, what do I need to be wearing? <laughs> you a grown man, you can wear whatever you want to. Okay, yeah. But, hmm, pertaining to a heavenly father, how about we involve him in everything? So, you know, like I said, that just me. That that works for me. And if you want to try it, you're welcome to. But you think about it. If you talk to God, each time you talk to God, it develops your listening skills to be able to hear from God. But also it shows your dependency upon him. I'm, I'm going to say it like this. I'm dependent upon God. You Look, you may be all right. But I'm dependent upon God pertaining to everything. Because to be honest with you, I don't know everything. I don't know anything, really. I don't know anything unless God reveals something. And so when we have that conversation with God, and you think about it. Think about somebody just want to talk to you to hear what's on your heart. Hear what's on your mind. Someone that you're supposed to be in a relationship with and they valuing your opinion. That would be awesome. Somebody, you know, we've had people that we give advice to and they don't listen to us. <laughs> we've had that. But our Heavenly Father, if we go to him and just, just I just want to converse. You know, you think about it. It excites us when God talks to us. It makes us feel great when God talks to us. So if God want to speak to us, how about we return the favor and speak back to him? Think about it. You know, just because, imagine being in a relationship and someone send you some flowers, some cards, candy, cookies, whatever. Just because, you know, how would that make you feel? Well, if that make you feel that way, Imagine how we make God feel when we go to him just because. Think about it. I'm going to say it even a little bit deeper. I have a child. It makes me feel good for my son to ask me about, ask me some advice on something I know about. And I could talk to him. It's a bonding moment. So if it's a bonding moment with me and my son, where he's talking to his father, imagine the bonding moment that can happen when we talk to our Heavenly Father. Something to think about. So, in us constantly talking to God about those things, like I said, to make sure that this is something that he wants us to do, and like I said, consult God, wait for his response. He'll tell you. He would definitely tell you. So, talking to God about every aspect of our life, and matter of fact, I mentioned about working out, and you, you think about this. If you're looking to get fit, for example, consistently working out three times a day, excuse me, three times a week, is much easier and much better than constantly working out every single day, and then burn out and never do it again. Hmm. For those who, let's just say, somebody who may want to um, learn how to play an instrument, imagine one person over here, guitar player, learning a song. That person play a song every day to get better. And it's the same song. Practice and play every day to get better. Versus the other person right here, 
trying to learn that same song. And unlike the other player that's practicing 15 minutes a day, every day on that song, this person over here practice on that song once every six months. Who's going to be a better performer of that song? The one that's practicing every day for 15 minutes or this other player that's practicing 30 minutes but every six months? He ain't consistent. When we become consistent in something, it molds discipline. It molds our own craft. In other words, there's a niche that happens. It's almost like your own personal formula for you to be able to do whatever you're trying to do. You put your own stamp, your own quote-unquote technique. But the only way for you to have your own technique if you do it consistently. In other words, regardless of what the condition is, regardless of what the weather is, that weather could be a physical, mental, emotional situation, regardless of what it is, stay fixated, stay focused. Just like the racehorse that have those blinders on, you should not let anything separate you or stop you or distract you from what you are working on. What you're working on is your assignment. I feel the need to even say this right now. There are some who may be at work and God telling you to be consistent in spite of the hardship, in spite of the co-workers or the supervisors that may be problematic. God wants us to be consistent. And I found out sometimes hardship will actually expose that we on the right path. But also that hardship is producing something or even revealing something within us. But also what's happening is almost like that hardship is the last trimester because once we continue, once we stay consistent in that, in spite of the hardship, then we produce our purpose, we produce growth, we produce graduation, we, we produce elevation. We produce promotion. Promotion does not come being mediocre. The word mediocrity. Being mediocre will not produce promotion. What happened, we have to display what's in us. Sometimes it's easy for us when we get complacent, when we get comfortable. Sometimes we really suppress our God-given gifts. But when we put everything out on the table, like I said about that lady that's uh, in the labor room, get ready in that delivery room, uh, just ready to give birth to that baby. She pushing, she taking, she's she might be screaming, she might be crying, she's you know, shedding blood, she's screaming, all these things. But what's happening, but what's happening, she's giving her all. And the end result, she's giving birth to what she's looking for. Same thing what we got to do. We got to keep going. We have to keep going. So <clears throat> we need to make sure that we put in the effort and put in the work and the results will follow. There's, look at it, there's no shortcut for success. Consistency. We have to be consistent. We have to be disciplined. You know, matter of fact, sometimes even in us being consistent, sometimes we may get exactly what we want. Sometimes we may not get what we want. Sometimes the end result may become, may be greater than what we anticipate because that consistency may not produce an immediate or even a long-term result of something that we desire in, in this area. But what happened, that 
principle or our discipline may be on display right here. And even if we don't get it right here, there may be someone that have witnessed our work ethic. And get this, they may give us a promotion. They may even hire us, even in an area that we have felt in. Why? Because our work ethic, <laughs> our work ethic, but also uh, the terminology, I think my little brother Walter uh, coined this phrase, sweat equity, sweat equity, sweat equity produces results. One of the things I always tell people, I don't care how we scream, how we try to avoid, how we kick, how we cry. One thing about it, I found out, God ain't moved by our tears. He's moved by our sweat. We have to keep on going. Y'all got that? God is not moved by our tears, but he's moved by our sweat. That sweat equity is something we have to put in, that grind. But like I said, that sweat that we put in, in that particular thing, it is something that we know that is working. Like I said, we're not talking about some old dead-end relationship or a dead-end job where you know you did not consult God about or God told you that's not it. But you go ahead and do it anyway. Look here. I don't care how much money you put in your pocket. If your pocket has a hole in it, no amount of money will stuff the hole that will prevent the hole from develop or, or continue. That hole is going to always be there unless you sip up the pants or you stitch up the pants. I'm sorry. Stitch up the pants, sew the pants, sew the hole where the hole is. Sew the pants where the hole is. Then you'll be able to keep some money. But as long as you have that hole in your pants, the more money you put in your pants that has a hole in it, the more money you're going to lose. So if God is telling us to work on something, he going to provide provisions. But if God didn't authorize us or tell us to get into it, then it's our own. It's coming out of our own pocket. In other words, it's an out-of-pocket expense that God will not compensate us for. So that's why it's so important for us to consult God about everything pertaining to life and godliness. Also, something else to think about. What about when you do take into consideration about the consistent, about the consistent route and things when it don't go your way? Oftentimes, I mentioned earlier, but oftentimes it displays our character. Like I said, there are times. Matter of fact, even when a football team or a sporting team, they put in their hard work. There, I mean, there are some there are some players they work their behinds off on a sorry team. But just because the team lose doesn't mean that the individual have to lose because that person may be the MVP of that season. Or that person, even though that they didn't make it to the Super Bowl as a team, that person may go to the um, All-Star game, or they call it the Hula Bowl, I believe, in NFL. Well, even though your team didn't make it, but you made it, think about it. Think about it. So, matter of fact, there were some, there were some players that were from the NFL, excuse me, uh, NBA, not only did they make it to the All-Star game, but some of them also made it to the Olympics. So the main thing of it is, even though you may not go as a team, you can go as an individual. But you got to do your part. In other words, you are responsible for your part, not responsible 
for other people's. You are not responsible for other people. You're responsible for yourself. You have to do your part. You do your part to make sure that you are blameless. That's why you have to do what God have, wants you to do. You do what you're supposed to do. Also, give things. In other words, when we are consistent and we're looking for the results, this is something I have to say. Sometimes it's a dirty word for some people. But we got to give things time. <laughs> like I said, we got to be patient. You know, um, I first started playing the drums when I was, I think, about four. I can't tell you how many times. And of course, I, I didn't own my own drums. I'm from an old school. You know, we played at church and everything. But, you know, I, I love I love playing instruments. I love playing instruments. But being a musician, it didn't come overnight. You know, uh, not only in me playing at church, but even when I was at the house, you know, I was getting the pots and pans and I was getting the Pringle cans and the popsicle sticks. You know, I was playing the drums and my sister was playing the tambourine with the, uh, the books. <laughs> so, we were always playing something. She was playing the tambourine, I was playing the drums. She was playing the tambourine, I was playing the guitar, the fake guitar. The guitar, it wasn't a real guitar. I just got some rubber bands and put on the door of, of our back door <laughs> and just doom, 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 doom. But I did that, you know. But it takes discipline. You know, and not only in discipline and staying focused and staying on it, but sometimes you have to even put yourself on punishment. Sometimes when you want to go somewhere just where everybody else may be going out, sometimes you got to just sit down and practice. You know, I, you know, I, I really, 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 I really believe in practice, studying, being consistent. The results show, you know, that old saying, man of matter, you have to look at what's important. You got to look at and what you're working for. You got to look at, you know what, what you're working for. And like I said, being consistent in something that is in right, something that's beneficial, not something that you know ain't going to work out. And also, I would I have to say this, even if it pertains to a relationship or whatever, you have to make sure to understand that you can't go against somebody else's will. Something to think about. So with that, understanding you responsible for you. And if you stay committed, if you stay focused, you can be able to achieve what you're looking for. If it's an assignment that God wants you to have. Hmm. Something to think about. So in that being patient, you got to understand even as you be patient and you give things time, like seeing the tr seeing the forest through the trees requires what? Patience. Patience. Like a farmer, being patient, being skillful. A few months from now, look how big of a picture that you will have. Look at how big things will be because you were consistent. No matter what it looked like, you knew that you planted those seeds. You continue to water it. You continue to go out there and water it. Just because you don't see immediate change does not mean you stop watering the grass. Just because you don't see immediate change does not mean that you stop watering that seed. And there may be people that may be watching right now that has been impregnated or received a seed from God. And in the beginning, they may have started watering it. They were excited. They, they, they started off watering it, watering it. But then as time went on, they began to get frustrated. They began to get impatient. They didn't see their immediate results. They end up quit watering it. And some even forget that they have a seed that's in them. But God wants you to be reminded that that seed is still in you. But you 
cannot go to your grave with their seed without giving birth to that seed. You got to be consistent. Like I said, you have to, no matter what, not be distracted. Allow things to distract you from watering your seed. You have to continue to water your seed. You have to continue to produce. Look, when God gives you a seed, you continue to water it so that way you can go ahead and give birth to it. In other words, you know, there are many people that are spiritually fertile. There are people that have ideals in their minds. But what happened, they may have allowed the opinion of what people said about them to stop watering their seed, question that seed that God placed in you. Wait a minute. So in other words, God had given you an idea. God gave you an idea, but you're going to let people talk you out of it? Hmm. Uh, oh, here it is right here. Let me tell you something. This is my first book. I'm going to speak about it later. I'll speak about it now. This is my first book I wrote right here. It came out in 2015. A few good men, a path to godly fatherhood. A path to godly fatherhood. Now, first of all, this book right here, when God told me to write a book, I was like, me? And then he told me, what to write about? What about fatherhood? And at the time, my son was when I started writing it, my son was five. I only have one child. But this dude that had dyslexia, this dude that was not on an A or B honor roll in school, this guy that passed, and I have one child, and you want me to write a book pertaining to fatherhood? And God said, yes, you. Yes, you. Now, there are some. Now, I, I didn't, I'll put it like this. I didn't tell everybody I was writing no book. I just told my circle. And the reason why I told them because I wanted them to be involved. But if I, if I wasn't going to have them involved, I wasn't going to say anything. Because I know how some people are. You ain't, you, you got one child. You, how you going to talk about fatherhood? It ain't like you got seven or eight kids. And like I said, I wasn't a good reader, had slight dyslexia. Oh, not just as a minister, but you're divorced. Man, you can't talk about that. I heard the naysayers. I heard the comments. I heard some people, when I accepted my matter of fact, before I even speak about my being an author, I didn't even talk about, you know, accepting my calling to preach. Now, there are some people, oh, wow. They show so much love. Even some of my classmates from David W. Carter High School or T.G. Terry or W.H. Atwell, some of my classmates, some of y'all that's watching right now, that went to school with me, that knows me, even live up the street from me, man, y'all gave me so, so much love. Some of y'all were like, oh, man, pray to me. We knew that about you. I was like, for real? I didn't know, you know. Some some of them gave me so much love, but then some other jokers. Well, you you can't. I don't know. You you might just want to check and make sure God told you. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, no, I know God's voice. I never been the type to, you know, uh, boast about anything. But one thing about it, I may not know everything, but one thing I know, I know what God speaks. And I don't question other people, but I would wonder why they would question me. Oh, to try to make me to be distracted. So I had to learn to be consistent in the midst of those that were not consistent with me. I had to learn to be consistent in the midst of those who were not committed to me. You have to learn to be committed even amongst uncommittable people, you have to learn to look. You have to learn to be focused. You have to learn if God, like I said earlier, if God is for you, 
Why are you trying to get opinion of others? Why are you trying to get the approval of others when God has commissioned you to do for you to go? One thing about it, one thing about it, in my in my upbringing and in my journey, I learned how to be alone. I learned how. I see why now. You know, and matter of fact, my my sidekick, my sidekick, my road dog, you know, as much as she was encouraging me and helping me throughout the years, you know, she no longer with me. My sister. She no longer physically with me right now, but there's a history. There's a history of love and commitment and conversation we've had where no matter what, she said she would always be there with me and how proud she was for me. That's enough right there. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I may not share a lot of things. And even people who uh have an instruction from God to do something, you have to learn to be okay with people walking away. You have to learn to be okay when you're not getting a pat on the back from people. If you're doing it for the pat on the back, you'll never, you'll never finish it. Look, some of us have a pretty start, but an ugly ending because we don't finish it. There's an old saying that says, if you live for the cheers, you will die by the booze. You get that? If you live for the cheers, you'll die by the booze. Why? Why stop? Because the person that you thought that would never leave you, that will always be by your side, and now they walk away from you, that's an opportunity for you to see what God can do through you in spite of no matter what, in spite of. You have to have a cause to do it that's greater than your pain. You have to have a cause to continue to do it, to continue to keep on going in spite of the hurt. That hurt is a distraction. That pain is a distraction. People leaving you is a distraction. If God told you he wants you to do something, if God commissioned you to do something, then why are you standing still? If God is telling you to do something, then who are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You came in, look, unless you are a twin, you came in this world by yourself and you are leave by yourself. So what are you waiting In other words, let's cut out the excuses. We got to stop the excuses. Like I said, <laughs> um, matter of fact, I, I mentioned earlier, even when I was writing my book, <laughs> don't you know there were some people that I was, oh man, you, you man, you know. Now, they didn't tell me to my face. It got back to me. They were telling some people, man, I don't know why that boy wrote no book. That boy can't read. That boy can't write. That boy can't do anything. Oh, it ain't going to even sell. I've heard that. I've heard that. I'm telling you, I heard that. No, that thing ain't going to even do anything. But whoa, whoa, whoa. When it started making, you know, national bugs, I tell people, and this is not to be braggadocious or anything like that. This is to brag on God. Sometimes God would use people the least likely to succeed to bless and promote people to succeed not through their obedience not through their ability but through their obedience in other words god may be want to use you in spite of those people who are talking about you or look down upon you but what is your excuse there should be no excuse if god told you to do something what you waiting on so, and last but not least, oh, when I had this podcast, when I started this podcast, there was a person that I was listening to. There was a person I was listening to that made me doubt, that made me scared, that made me, I listened to, I'll be the first one to admit, 
I listened to this person and I was scared. I was paralyzed in fear. I procrastinated deliberately. I procrastinated for six months. I purchased this I purchased this podcast September of 2019. I didn't start it until February of 2017. That person was a big enemy of mine. That person allowed them to get into my ears to prevent me from doing what God wanted me to do at the time that God gave him permission to do it. That person, and I'll I'll say that person, I'll let everybody know who it is, and I'll tell you who it is in five, four, three, two, one. That person that made me question, made me doubt if I was to do this podcast back in 2016, that person that made me doubt was me. Me. I was my own enemy. I allowed the doubt. I've never done anything. You know, people think, oh, I'm a natural talker. No. I talked in spurts, but I talked around people that I felt comfortable with. It was only a handful of people. As a matter of fact, I got a chance to talk to my big brother. And I was thinking, I was like, man, you know, I remember when I was the one that just looked at you. <laughs> now, I scared of him a couple of times. He wasn't deliberate. I just didn't talk unless I was around my sister. Now, when I was around her, she was the spokesperson. I was just, yeah, no, <laughs> that was me. But I was reminded, and I allowed the devil to bring back those things pertaining to, okay, you wrote the book, okay, this fine and dandy, but you talk, man, please. I'm like, okay, God, what did I do? And then when time came, I'm like, each, each Sunday, I need to do it. Each Sunday, I need to do it. Each Sunday, I need to do it. So finally, the Sunday before Valentine's Day, I said, you know what? What better time than I'm going to do it? I ain't going to lie. I was a nervous wreck. And at the time, the podcast was not on video. I was scared. Matter of fact, I probably sound dry. But now, I look forward to doing it. It's a challenge, but the challenge is actually displaying who's not just what, but who's in me. So now I give God permission to speak to you through me, or to speak through me to you, or let me rephrase it to us because whatever is said, I'm listening to. This is a learning process for all of us. So the key thing is being consistent. You got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. You'll never get anything being complacent, but you get all things that God has for you being consistent. So being consistent, being committed. You got to look here. You got to be committed to it. Of course, things may not be easy, but you have to be committed to it. There are so many people that are not committed. There are some people, and get this, if you have a, an assignment that you're going to do, if you have a focus thing that you're going to do, if you're going to be consistent in it, you got to make sure that you check your surroundings. Because there's going to be some people who may try to talk you out of what God tells you to keep on going. There may be people that may tell you to give up when God will tell you don't give out. There may be people that may be telling you, uh, what's the use? What, I, I, you know, why, why, why are you doing it? You got to learn to evaluate the people that you have on staff before you move forward. Don't you know being consistent is a foundational thing? Being consistent sets the foundation for your identity, for your purpose. 
Understand how important being consistent is. You know, and also when I was speaking about it, you got to know and understand your staff. Because there may be people who may come to you and you have to learn the difference between constructive criticism and destructive criticism. Constructive criticism coming from people who may say, well, you know what, this what this may be something you may need to do, blah, 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 you know. In other words, it's helping you and they see for the betterment of you. But then there are other people who would tell you destructive criticism. They may tell you, oh, man, give up. Man, don't do that. Man, if I were you, I wouldn't even do that. Man, I don't even know why you're doing that. Understand that destructive criticism may be destructing you from the purpose and the assignment God told you to do. If you think about a caterpillar, a caterpillar, when they go into a cocoon, if they give up in the midst of being in that cocoon, they're going to die. They'll never reach their full potential within the cocoon. They have to fight. They have to continue to fight. They have to be consistent in fighting. And I found that in that fight, it produces the strength to have your wings to fly. They walk in crawling, but they leave out flying. So what is it going to take for you to allow you to have your cocoon, to have you to come out of your cocoon? Got to be consistent. You got to fight. And like I said, I don't care how we cry. I don't care how we throw a temper tantrum or whatever like that. That will not fix our problem. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes shedding the tear, it is good for you to relieve that pressure from you. But even as you shed in tear, you still got to work. It's okay for you to work as you shed your tears. That's fine. Whatever it takes. You may not cry or whatever, but keep on doing it. Don't let anything stop you from being consistent, from you continue to do what God helped you to do. So with that being said, I want you to evaluate each and everything about you. What do you want to do? You know, it's easy for us to see something. Matter of fact, you think about the spies, when they look over to the promised land, the 12 spies in Israel, 10 of them but like, man, we like grasshoppers to them. They're going to kill us. Ten of them said no. But two of them said, oh, yeah, we got this. And then not just two, but it's the minority that said, let's do this. The minority said, let's conquer what was promised to us by God. But the majority said, we can't do it. So don't worry about the numbers. Don't look at the numbers of the people that were around you. Don't look at the uh, uh, quantity, but think about the quality of people that you have on your staff. Your staff is your immediate circle. Think about it. What about those people that are in your circle? Who do you have? What are you doing? What are you doing with them? Think about it. This is the time for each and every one of us to examine ourselves and ask God to help us. If we have not completed a particular assignment, first of all, repent for it. And ask God to give you the grace, the opportunity to complete what he told you to finish. Think about this. Not only to complete what he told you to finish, complete what he told you to start that you never started on. Or to complete what you've already started. But don't do it in your own ability or power. Do it in the mighty strength of God. So, <laughs> just this episode alone, like I said, just the episode alone was a teachable moment for me. Because, like I mentioned earlier, for those who may be watching, I had technical difficulties. I ain't never had anything like that before. I've had other things. But that particular thing that happened, I don't know what happened. It's hoping it's supposed to have upgraded. Then they're saying, you know, it upgraded. Now they're saying that um, 
it's not a match to my computer. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh-uh. But I was going to get on here by hook or by crook. That's all saying by any means necessary. That's the kind of attitude you got to have. Look, the Bible tells us sometimes we got to take it by force. Got to take it by force. So my thing was the devil tried to bring that distraction for a reason. And like I said, how fitting. I was going to talk about consistency, but what it had looked, what would it have looked like me talking about consistency and I failed to continue the podcast because I had technical difficulties. No, sometimes when this stuff happens, it exposes other resources that God wants you to use. It exposes the resources that God has provided for you. You know, in other words, God has a ram in a bush for you. But are you utilizing it? Sometimes things happen to have you to go ahead and have things revealed pertaining to resources and skills that God has for you to be or to use. You know, I think about the pandemic. Unfortunately, there are many people that have lost their lives. Many people that were sick, I was one of them. But even in the midst of the pandemic, it displayed some skills. Like some people that was uh, sewing as a hobby, they began to make their hobby profitable by making masks. But also, think about it. There are people that started doing things online. They began to be resortful. So, the opportunities that they come, are you being resourceful? Or are you just resorting back to being comfortable and hiding? Being complacent? I'm going to say it like this because this word I've heard. Being lazy. <laughs> you know, can't do that. So, as you begin to evaluate yourself, look at who you are in the lens of God and ask God to help you to be able to see yourself as how he sees you. Don't look at yourself based on what other people said about you or how people treated you. So what? Look here. If that was the case, then we'll look very down upon ourselves. But why should we look down upon ourselves when God is looking at us eye to eye? God wants us to look up to him. Don't you know who you are in God? Who you are in God and who you are to God? That's important. You know, that's something we got to remember for the rest of our lives. So, as we get ready to wrap up, I want you to evaluate everything pertaining to YOU. If you to just, you know what, thank God for another opportunity. Thank God for another chance. Because he didn't have to do it, but he did. And so, in that chance, in that grace that God has given us, the question is, what you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You going to give up? You going to give out? Or you going to stay on the grind? Stay in it. The Bible talks to us about uh, long-suffering. That means staying under the pressure. Long-suffering. That doesn't mean suffer long, but it just means staying under. Until an appointed time. When it's all said and done, you know, the skills, the discipline, everything that come out. I've seen many people that have gotten rewarded or compensated for going through. But you know what? It's not just going through, but it's how you go through it. That's the thing that matters. How you go through, how you deal with it, how you dealing with being in it, staying the grind. You'd be surprised, you'd be surprised the character that it's exposed. You'd be surprised the witness that you will have, and also who's looking at you. There are people that may be looking at you. Think about it. Hmm. In other words, they're seeing you at work. They're seeing you in action. And God made it set the scene for you to be seen in action, for you to be able to receive from him through them. 
Something to think about. So just in case you are not saved, understand that Jesus Christ wants you to come in, come in and accept him in your life. Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior and believe in the heart that God raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I tell people, being saved ain't hard. It's, it's really not hard. Being saved is not hard. <laughs> you know, the hard part is not beating yourself up when you should have gotten saved years ago. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know, if you should have listened to God, you know, but it ain't hard. It ain't hard. It's possible. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. But you got to believe what God said about it. Believe what God said about you. Believe it. And also understand God wants you to invite him in every area of your life. So as we get ready to pray, just in case you may not have ever been introduced to Jesus Christ, just in case you asking, you know, how am I going to do this? I don't even remember if I quoted the scripture or not, but Romans 10 and 9 tells us, if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ to thy Savior and believe in the heart of God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can do it. The Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now. We thank it all for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We're coming to you right now, God. Ask God, help us, God, in every area of our lives right now, God. There are those who may be watching, God, who may feel lost, God, who may have given up, God. God, we're speaking right now, God, that you help them, God, with the skill, God, with the patience, God, with the long suffering, God, to not give up, God, but God, stay on the prowl, God, stay on the grind right now, God. Help them to understand, God, you want to be invited in every area of their lives right now, God. And help them to understand, God, no matter what we got to do, God, we don't have to do it alone, God, because you are right there with us and for us right now. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God, to stay on our grind. Help us, God, to be committed to the task that you have for us right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stand for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the success, God. We thank you, Lord, for the patience, God. We thank you, Lord, for the endurance that you have given us right now, God. Lord, we even thank you, Lord, for what it's going to produce right now. And Lord, we speaking right now, God, that it produced good ground, God, that it produced good fruit right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speaking, God, that you comfort those who are grieving right now, God, especially during this holiday season, God. Comfort them. Be with them right now, God. God, help them to understand, God, that you will be a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless, God. God, we speaking, God, that you help each and every families right now, God, that are grieving right now, God. The, the, uh, the Calhoun family, God, the Horton family, God, the Choice family, God, the uh, Franklin family right now, God. God, we hold up each and every person right now, God, even those that are near and far, God. God, even those who are sick, God, touch and hear their bodies right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speak, God, even for uh, uh, the Lynn family, God, comfort them right now, God. Be with them right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Thank you, Lord, for the legacy, God, of those who have gone on before us, God. God, we ask you to help us right now, God, to examine ourselves to make sure, God, that we have completed the assignment that you have for us right now, God. In the name of Jesus, even the, the um, Haynes family, God. Thank you for them, God, holding them up right now, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, we're speaking right now, God, that you help us, God, no matter what, God, to continue to come in with a praise, God, continue to come in and worship, God, continue to come in, God, in, in obedience to you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we're speaking, God, for a productive week, a safe week, a blessed week right now, in the name of Jesus. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say, we say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one of y'all who are tuning in. Um, if you want to catch me, you can catch me on Facebook, Brother Prater. Uh, you see my data devotion and videos. And also, you can go to my website at brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotions and videos and also a calendar that shows my personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my 
website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God and Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs, their responsibility towards their family, their children, even their children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not. But also, this book right here, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's King, The Love Beyond Life. This is by my, my sister, my friend, my classmate, you know, uh, Sheena Prater. Uh, unfortunately, she was killed by domestic violence. And I ain't going to lie to you, I love her. I think about her daily, probably every minute. But even for those who are grieving, I'll tell you, you know, I may not be able to know every one of your experiences. But just from my experience, I will say this. God can help us during this process. God want to help us through this process. And I tell people all the time, you know, um, God want to help us, but also we have the right to tell him that we need help as many times we need to. And I told God, I ain't going to lie to you. I told God, God, I can't be hurting like this for the rest of my life. I can't. I can't. That That's a, that's a distraction. And when I talk to God and be real with God, he comforts me. He comforts me. Even though I may be thinking about my sister, but it's a celebratory thing. So I tell people, I may not, I may not have lost what you lost, but we all are in the family of grievers. And look here, hurt is hurt. And each relationship is different. So, but we serve a God that can help each and every one of us. And that's something for us to think about. So I just want to leave that nothing with you. But I hope and pray that there's something that was said to make you think, but most importantly, make you accept to complete the assignment that God has for you. Stay on the ground and be consistent. And I thank each and every one of y'all who tuned in. And I thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.